Hey guys, welcome back for episode two of the Project Nourish podcast. So this week, Casey and I are going to be talking all about digestion, basically just the way that it's supposed to work, what can go wrong, just really giving you guys some um, education and knowledge about how to basically proper, you know, properly digest your food and kind of the state that you should be in and all of those good tips and tricks. But first, uh, so I just want to catch up with my good friend Casey here. So Casey, how's everything going? It's going great. And as a reminder, we are both nutritional therapy practitioners, and I'm a licensed esthetician for those of you who do not know us yet. <laughs> Thank you so much, Casey. I was just jumping into the juicy stuff. You're just like so excited. I, to today. I am. I totally am. I'm all excited to talk about chewing and pooping and <laughs> everything. <laughs> so I totally forgot to introduce ourselves. But yeah, so we are your host, Megan Gump, nutritional therapy practitioner. <laughs> And I've got my good friend Casey here. So yeah, um, let's see, catching up. So Casey, what's going on in your life? Uh, let's see. So I have gotten back onto my chiropractic care in terms of actually going to the chiropractor regularly. And just this week, I have noticed a huge difference in stiffness in my neck, especially my right side. And then also my hips like seem to get out of alignment. Just, I don't know if it was from so many years of endurance sports or anything like that, but I feel at least a million times better. And it's crazy because the thing that I notice the most is I'm able to focus more mm. when I'm going more regularly. That's super interesting because it's like when your body is more aligned and everything is kind of balanced where it's supposed to be, you're starting to feel that energy of like good focus and mm -hmm. just, you know, good energy coming through. So that's super cool. Well, yeah. 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 So uh, what is new with you, my friend? Um, well, I guess kind of relating to that. So I actually just scheduled my first massage coming up on this Saturday. Um, pretty nice. I got a little gift from a client in the office that was like a free 60 minute massage. So I was super stoked about that. So, so is this, wait, your first massage ever period? No, I mean, it's not my first massage ever period, but I'm talking about like since high school. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I'm super excited to just kind of go and get things pressed out of me that probably shouldn't be there and all that other kind of good stuff. So yeah. yeah gonna feel nice. <laughs> I didn't have my first massage until I was 31. Oh wow. Yeah. My mom was a really big like holistic kind of lady so she actually was always getting massages like on the regular when I was younger so she was taking okay. me to get massages when I was like 16 from her like you know masseuse that she just absolutely loved and when she was like you just have to go. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> it was cool. I was going when I was super young and I loved it but yeah I haven't really been back since you know so it'll be nice well, to be You'll have to let us know what you, what your thoughts are. I personally, I like, I love it, but I hate it because it's so painful. Yeah. And see, that's the other thing yeah. is you just have to, yeah, you just got to tell them gentle on the touch or, uh, oh gosh, I guess the sweetest massage is where they're really like digging in. Yeah. Like the sports massage when you end up with bruises. Okay. Yeah. But it's like, no, you need it because you're like torturing your body. So. And you're pushing out all that lactic acid and stuff in your exactly. muscles. Yeah. Out the watts. Yeah. I mean, it's good stuff at the time, but yeah, it can hurt. So I'm excited. It's going to be a little bit more gentle, probably just, you know, <laughs> soothing, <laughs> but we'll see. Go we'll see. All in. Yeah. I'll fill you guys in uh, next time. <laughs> 
All right. Super cool. So, okay. Next, um, Casey, I kind of just wanted to ask you, like, what are you digging right now? Like okay. product wise in the world? So I am super excited. I just ordered these eating evolved keto cups. And mm. so the only ingredients, it's organic cacao, coconut butter, MCT oil, and vanilla extract. That is it. So these things are just like pre-made fat bombs, I guess you would say. And they taste so good. I highly recommend not buying them because you're going to eat the entire bag because they are just so darn convenient. But they taste amazing. And I'm thinking that this is just going to be a great on-the-go kind of snack when you know normally you would make a poor choice. Right. I think this is going to be an excellent little choice. I just got it today from Thrive and I've already had three. So. Oh, yum. Yeah. Okay. Well, what about you? Those. I'm going to have to try those. I love their um, Eating Evolved dark chocolate. It's so good. Mm. And they're like bigger cups. I've had those, but I haven't had those keto cups yet. So yeah. I probably sense. would not share these. <laughs> Even if I was there, Casey, no. you wouldn't share with your friend? <laughs> slap your hand away. <laughs> Can't blame you for that. Not really. <laughs> I would share with you. It's pretty much what I do to Alex with my dark chocolate. Psh-ta. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, all right. What's up with me? So, okay, this is kind of funny, but I actually, of course, have been using Vital Proteins um, collagen, you know, for months and months and months. I love it in my coffee and smoothies and shakes and stuff and even baking with it. But I recently actually just started using their collagen whey protein powder. It is delicious. So it's dark chocolate. So they use cacao as well as coconut water, which is what they sweeten it with. And it is super good. So for all you, uh, you know, athletes out there, even just people that use, you know, protein post-workout or pre or however you get it in your diet, check out Vital Proteins Collagen Whey. It is delicious. Yum. I need to try it. I've only had the, what is it? The collagen peptides and then, oh, but I am obsessed with their coffee creamer. Oh yeah. So we have their coffee creamer um, at our work too. We've got the coconut coffee creamer and I put it in tea and it's actually like delicious. Ooh, okay. Super good. Yeah. Okay. Super good. So shout out to all of our favorite brands here and we're, you know, hashtag not sponsored, but we just love them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we get no... We get no uh, financial benefit from that. Nope. nope. Just, just karma yet. points. I know. <laughs> maybe, man, maybe manifesting it, but yes, it's one day. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, cool. Well, let's hop into uh, today's episode here. So all about digestion. So really, you know, just kind of bringing up the point that digestion is fundamental to nutritional therapy, especially being nutritional therapy practitioners. Um, you know, we really start with digestion and digestion is key. If you don't have good digestion down, you're not going to be able to resolve any of your other health concerns kind of following or residing because of that. So, yep, it all begins in the gut, definitely. Mm-hmm. And we also just really have to keep in mind, so digestion is a north to south process. And this whole conversation, especially if you're an NTP, you're just going to be giggling because this is like totally what we learned, everything about digestion. Um, But it really is a north to south process. So, you know, especially this is a question that I love to ask people. And this is a question we all got asked ourselves. um, But I want to ask all the listeners out there, where do you guys think that digestion begins? Like in your mouth? in your stomach, maybe like in your throat. I don't know. (laughs) Casey, Casey? I know the answer. (laughs) Let's hear it. It starts in your brain. Oh, yeah. 
starts in your brain. Yeah. I, I mean, passed in TP school, guys. <laughs> <laughs> round of applause, round of applause. So yeah, I mean, definitely starts in your brain. I mean, think about it, guys. Like you get the feeling that you're hungry or you think about food or you see someone else's food that you just want to eat and steal off their plate or however it works. Um, that thought process is where it begins. So definitely starting the brain. Um, and again, you also have to remember, so when you have that thought process that you're going to eat in your brain, so like think of our ancestors, right? They see an animal and they're going on the hunt and they're going to go kill it or they're growing whatever vegetables or um, crops they have going on and they're going to harvest it. That thought process that they're going to eat soon begins in their brain. And so that's also when insulin production begins. So you've got the hormone insulin that's released from our pancreas and that obviously brings up glucose into the cells and other stuff, but we'll get into that later. Um, so it all begins in the brain. And then also just to kind of touch points on the organs, Casey, do you want to touch point on the organs that are involved in digestion? Yeah, absolutely. And something that I always just think of when we're talking about digestion starting in the brain, I just imagine our brain telling all of the organs that are involved in digestion. It's kind of like saying, hey, dude, let's, let's go. It's time to get to work. It's just awakening those guys and just signaling to the body like, come on, chop, chop. We, we have work to do. That yep. kind of thing. So if you are sitting there, you're reading, you're on Facebook, you're not focused on eating, then your brain is not telling your digestion that, hey, it's time to do some work. And then all of a sudden your digestive system is getting food in there and it's like, okay, homie, like, thanks. Thanks for the heads up. Yep. Yeah. yeah. My organs totally talk ghetto to each other. Just, <laughs> just as an FYI. Your organs totally talk ghetto to each other? Yeah, I, they do. <laughs> yeah, they're like gangsters and talk with like yos and homies. That's awesome. Yes. Um, so I, <laughs> talking about my gangster organs here in digestion, we have three organs that are primarily involved in digestion. So we have the gallbladder, the pancreas, and the stomach. So all of these guys have key roles in digestion. So it's short as GPS, as geography and geology majors, we love GPS. So yeah. what the gallbladder <laughs> is going to do, it's going to just help with storing and releasing bile, which is going to be critical for our fat digestion and fat breakdown. Then we have the pancreas, which as Megan mentioned, is going to release that insulin. And it's also going to help just release those enzymes for digestion. And then we have the stomach, which is going to contain that stomach acid, which many of us have been led to believe it's bad to have stomach acid, but we are going to dispel that myth. And what the stomach acid is going to do is actually helps to kill the bacteria, the pathogens, all of those gnarly, like bad guy, bad guys that can end up in our stomach. It's also going to activate pepsin so we can digest our proteins. And oh, there was something else that stomach acid does. Uh, blinking. Kills all the it. gut bugs, helps us, you know, break down and digest our macronutrients. Yes, that's what it was. Thank you. Yeah. All that good stuff. Yeah. And it's funny too that you say um, like the bad guys, like pathogen bacteria, because when I'm talking to clients, I totally explain to them that bacteria and pathogens and parasites are like the gangsters in our gut that have taken over the neighborhood <laughs> and are like kicking out all of the like civil you know, citizens that live in the community that are just minding their own business. And then those gangsters come in and just like 
take a hold and start spray painting everything and, you know, go crazy. So <laughs> mean, rude. They're so rude. So rude. All right. So um, starting from north to south, basically just on how digestion is supposed to work. So all right, we all know that digestion starts in the brain, right? And one thing about getting ready for digestion is putting yourself in a relaxed or what we call it like parasympathetic state. So unfortunately nowadays, so many people are like driving around in their car, they're stressed out, they're eating lunch at work while they're still working, and they're not taking the time to tell their body like, hey, I'm about to eat and you need to start doing your digestion job. So that's one like super important thing is just really taking the time to like sit down, relax, find a quiet space. If you are like at a school or at an office and you just can't get away, like go to your car, go to like a different room or just go like sit outside somewhere outside of the building um, and just chill out and like even take a couple deep breaths before you start eating, really just getting yourself into that like, all right. I need my stomach acid to start being produced. I need my insulin production to start working, um, especially like the saliva in your mouth. So your salivary amylase in your mouth actually breaks down our carbohydrates. So a lot of people don't know that either. A lot of people would think like, yeah, you know, you chew your food, you swallow it, it's broken down in my stomach, and then, and then it continues. But your carbs are actually broken down in your mouth. And then once your carbohydrates hit your stomach, that salivary amylase or saliva that's breaking down your carbohydrates dies. So that process ends when it hits your, you know, super acidic stomach. So that's why it's also really important to, one, be relaxed, but two, chew your freaking food. Like, chew your food. So one thing that we love to tell people to do, it's kind of like an exercise or homework, is like next time you eat, take a bite of food and chew that at least 15 to 20 to 30 times. Just mm -hmm. see if you can do it. Like see if that food can stay in your mouth that long. And then also be really conscious of what it turns into because from what you put in your mouth to what you end up, you know, forming after you chew it 15, 20, 30 times is a completely different texture, texture than what you started with. So try that out. Yeah. And actually, you know, to help you slow down your eating, I always tell my clients to put their fork down or their spoon down because I mean, it's going to get heavy when you're chewing that many times. So set that bad boy down. That way you're not just shoveling food into your mouth because another phrase that we like to use is your stomach doesn't have teeth. So when that food is going, it's now called bolus, but when that's going down into your stomach, your stomach doesn't have teeth. So it needs to be really broken down. That way the stomach acid that you have in there can continue breaking down those carbohydrates. Now what happens, Megan, if you don't necessarily chew your food enough and you get those carbohydrates fermenting in your stomach? Ooh, man. Well, I mean, that's just like you know, the gangster gut bugs happy place, right? So that's one thing um, is you have those parasites or bacterias or other organisms that we ingest, you know, in our food. I mean, think about if you're eating sushi, think about what type of bacterias are probably on that sushi. And if you don't have that stomach acid, then that's what that job is, is to kill those, you know, pathogens, bacteria, organisms, and other just little micro you know, organisms that enter our stomach. So that's one thing. Um, so you don't want those carbs fermenting because you don't want to feed those guys and give them a party to hang out on. Exactly. And you get gas. 
Yep. And that was the answer I was asking oh, okay. for, but yours was very good. <laughs> okay. See, my brain just kind of goes in all kinds of <laughs> But yeah, so totally. If you, okay, back to the Doritos. If you're not chewing up your carbohydrates, mm-hmm. um, if you're not properly, you know, yep, chewing up your Doritos, chewing up your carbs, and you ingest that kind of stuff and they ferment, boom, that's where people get gas. Yep. Eating too so. Eating too Another fast. reason to chew your food, your teeth, your, your stomach does not have teeth and you will get gas, embarrassing moments. Yep. Right when you don't want it to happen. Yes. All the more reason. Totally. So once our food does, or it's now called bolus, as we said, but we can just say food because that's a little bit easier to understand. Once it goes into our stomach and we have the stomach acid in there that is going to be breaking everything up. Megan, do you want to touch now on low stomach acid or should we save that? Um, wrong? I mean, yeah, we can, we can touch on it. Let's just kind of like run through how digestion is supposed to work and then we can go back. We'll do all the bad stuff. Yeah. That way people are just like, all right, this is how it's supposed to work. This Mm -hmm. is the process. And then we'll kind of touch up on what happens when you don't chew your food eat relaxed. <laughs> yes. Okay. So as it's in our stomach, we call this kind of like the churning and burning. So your stomach is going to be contracting and you have the stomach acid in there that is going to continually break down that carbohydrate. And as Megan mentioned, the amylase dies. So next we have what's called chyme, which is going to move into the small intestine. And this is where the pancreas and the pancreatic amylase, those enzymes are going to further break down our macronutrients. And then also this is where our nutrients, they're going to be absorbed through the small intestine. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Anything to add to? Yeah, no. I mean, so yeah, it's super important to just basically, um, you know, like Casey said, our stomach doesn't have teeth. So that churning and burning, that stomach acid that's so important, turns our food into chyme, all of those macronutrients, right? And then they pass through the duodenum into the small intestine. And that's where the pancreas basically releases all of those essential enzymes to break down our protein, carbs, and fats further. Um, And then the other thing is, you know, nutrients are absorbed in our small intestine. And that's why it's so important too. And we'll kind of on this in a little bit, um, to really chew your food. That way they're the proper, proper particle size. That way our nutrients can be absorbed and our body isn't stressed out because it's, they're too big and it doesn't know what to do and it can't deal with them. So that's really why it's important to, you know, chew your food again. Um, that way we can absorb our nutrients because again, you guys, you got to remember our nutrients that are absorbed in our small intestine go on to make our hormones and they help with inflammation. And that's where we get all of our essential fatty acids from. And just so, so many other things I could continue on and on, but just kind of some main points there. Um, so yeah, so that's why it's important. Nutrients are absorbed in our small intestine. And then, you know, from our small intestine, everything obviously passes on into the large intestine. So all of the remains, everything that's not absorbed into our bloodstream, into our intestinal lining, that moves on to the intestine, um, the colon, the large intestine. And then in the large intestine is where we actually absorb a lot of our additional water, our fiber, um, but also vitamins. So our vitamins are further absorbed in the large intestine. And then this is also why it's so important to have good, you know, 
gut bugs and that healthy um, bowel floor because these guys actually capture any lost nutrients still available in our large intestine. So that's why it's really important to take your, you know, pre and probiotics, eat your fermented foods, your bone broth, your collagens, all that kind of stuff, because they basically support these guys that capture all of those essential nutrients right before they, of course, exit the body come out as poop and then they're gone, right? So these guys do a huge job and they capture whatever else they can grab before we, you know, poop them out. <laughs> so super important. All right. And then, so I guess, you know, just like some tips that I guess we wanted to throw in here. And yeah, absolutely. You guys. Uh, so one thing is a lot of people, and we're about to really touch on this, but a lot of people, um, when they experience low stomach acid, they get like that um, gastrointestinal or GERD or acid reflux. And that's actually because you don't have enough stomach acid. So a lot of people are under the misconception that it's because you have too much. So they take acid blockers to, you know, reduce that, but it's actually the other way around. So I think we should pause for everybody's minds blowing right now with like, wait a minute, I get heartburn because I have too little stomach acid. I know when I read that in our book, I forget the name of it, Why Stomach uh, Acid is Good or- Yeah, Why Stomach Acid is Good for You. Yeah. My mind was so blown by that. Yeah. Yeah. And my clients' minds are blown when I tell them that too. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty cool though to educate them. And so just one thing, you know, before we get into like really the, you know- science behind that. So apple cider vinegar is very acidic, right? So one thing that you can do to improve your digestion is you can actually take apple cider vinegar like in the morning with some warm water and some lemon that really kicks on your digestive system. But another thing that you can do is you can actually take apple cider vinegar like 10 to 15 minutes before each meal. Mm -hmm. So especially if you're taking acid blockers or you've got that stomach acid and you're not taking acid blockers yet, but you're considering it because you don't know what else to do, Try the apple cider vinegar first. Um, of course, there's a lot of supplements out there that have, you know, betaine HCL and basically stomach acid support. Um, but try the apple cider vinegar. If you can get your hands on practitioner quality supplements, then definitely try to get some digestive enzymes, some, you know, that HCL. But for now, the easy thing to do is the apple cider vinegar before your meals. So don't reach for those acid blockers. Now you know you're educated on why you are getting that acid reflux. So this is what you can do about it. The other thing is so if you ever take apple cider vinegar before you eat and you still experience that burning while you're eating, it's probably because you took too much apple cider vinegar. So everybody's different. There's not a magic number. I usually take like a shot of apple cider vinegar, but I also just usually do supplements because it's easier. Mm -hmm. um, but if you take apple cider vinegar and again, you get this burning sensation still, then it's probably because you put too, took too much. And one thing that you can do is you can actually mix a little bit of baking soda. I'm talking like half a teaspoon, maybe one teaspoon in some water. And this actually acts as sodium bicarbonate to neutralize too much stomach acid or too much apple cider vinegar. So just too much acidity, acidity <laughs> in your stomach. <laughs> Tongue tied. Um, so yeah, that's just kind of like a fun tip in there for you guys that you can do to start, you know, one action you can take today to start improving your health and your digestion. 
Yeah, absolutely. So something I think maybe we should go back just a little bit and kind of explain how that works when you have too little stomach acid and how that actually can cause the acid reflux. So we have this fancy little valve. It's called the pyloric sphincter. And so this is in between our esophagus and our stomach, right? I'm totally blanking as I'm saying that. No. <laughs> The pyloric sphincter does not want to release climb into the duodenum. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm actually having a brain fart and this is really bad for two NTPs. It's where the esophagus and the stomach meet that little. Yeah. yeah that's what I said. Okay. Yeah. The esophagus and the stomach. That's where it meets. So. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. okay. Good. We're. We're on track. Okay. We know what we're talking about. Okay, okay yes. So it's late in the day. It's late in the day. Yeah. The okay. pyloric sphincter is where the it's this valve in between the esophagus and the stomach. So what happens in the stomach if we have too little stomach acid, the carbohydrates start to ferment, aka they're gonna start bubbling up. And you're gonna have the the little stomach acid that is in there is going to start pushing its way back up through that pyloric sphincter, and that's going to get into your esophagus. And your esophagus is not meant to handle the acidity of stomach acid. So that is when you get that burning sensation. Yeah. Now that we have our anatomy straight. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. So definitely exactly what Casey was saying. Yeah. If not enough stomach acid, food isn't broken down. So that's when you've got that reflux coming back up into the esophagus. Um, Cause you just don't have enough stomach acid to break it down and absorb it and do its job. So there's still food in your stomach, too much food in your stomach. It's trying to come back the other way. Right. So yep. that's where people get that acid reflux or jured um, kind of burning sensation. And again, this is where people take acid blockers. So that's really what we're trying to prevent. Um, now of course, one quick you, note, if yeah. you are taking acid blockers, do not just stop them cold Turkey and start doing apple cider vinegar. There is definitely a process to getting off of them. So reach out to one of us if you're in that situation, but do not stop taking them cold Turkey. Right. Exactly. Good point, Casey. Thank you so much for bringing that up. Yeah. So if you're on acid blockers, there's definitely a weeding protocol that we both implement into our practice. So, you know, get in touch with us, reach out to a nutritional therapy practitioner, get in touch with another functional medicine practitioner. Um, do not do it on your own. Right. Yeah. You want to be really careful with that kind of stuff. So, okay. And then kind of moving on from not having enough stomach acid, basically with just keeping, you know, the system moving south with what can go wrong. So when we don't have enough stomach acid, right, and we've got that chyme now that's sitting in our stomach, um, basically our stomach does not want to release this into the duodenum or the small intestine, we can call it, because the chyme is too alkaline, right? Because there's not enough stomach acid. It hasn't made it very acidic. So it's just sitting there. It's too alkaline. And when it's too alkaline, it's not going to move into the small intestine, um, then these carbs and these proteins and these fats are macronutrients that are just sitting in our stomach as the chyme all begin to just ferment, putrefy, and rancify. And this, again, kind of goes back to that bacteria, pathogen, parasite party, right? This is where these gangsters thrive. So I love those words too, the ferment, putrefy, and rancidify. 
Like, yeah. They're just so graphic and harsh. <laughs> yeah. Exactly what they do though. Yeah. <laughs> so it's pretty crazy. Um, so yeah. And then kind of moving on from there, right? So now you've got the chyme just sitting there. Um, and then what, basically what happens is, so the pancreas is kind of sitting there waiting to catch the football, right? Like the chyme is supposed to come in to the small intestine. That way the pancreas can start doing its job, releasing those enzymes and, um, the sodium bicarbonate and stuff like that. But so if there's no chyme passing on, and there's a bad pH from the stomach, then the pancreas doesn't do its job with releasing the sodium bicarbonate to basically raise that pH, make that chyme more alkaline. There's no enzyme action, right? It's not releasing those enzymes to break down or further break down your, you know, macronutrients. Um, so then there's incomplete digestion. And then this is what creates intestinal problems. Mm -hmm. So this is like the beginning of it all. I mean, obviously not having enough stomach acid is the beginning, but then that chyme just sitting in your stomach and not being passed into the small intestine is where people get into serious inflammatory symptoms. Mm -hmm. So, and kind of going along with the pancreas, it's Buddy the gallbladder, right? The guy that is supposed to digest and break down and store and release bile. Um it doesn't do that job either. So all that bile is just sitting there waiting for that healthy fat that's not coming in. And, you know, basically low-fat diets do not trigger the release of bile um, or, you know, low-fat or bad-fat diets. They just don't create that stimulation, right? That contracting and releasing of bile. So then that bile, like I said, just sits there. It gets old. It gets viscous. Viscous? Viscous? Vit, vit. Oh gosh, now I can't say it. Viscous. 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 Yes. Thank you. If you guys, you guys will soon so learn so much about me. And one thing is that sometimes I stumble upon words and I have my pronunciation issues, but that's why words, I, you know, some words are just hard. And that's I mean, we have complicated <laughs> words too. So hard. I know. We're so, just, we're so smart. We have so these hard. Big words. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, it'll be a, a character trait you all soon learn to love about me. But. <laughs> so, yeah, viscous. And um, really, so, you know, these low-fat diets that unfortunately, like modern America is so led to believe is kind of the standard way that they should be eating, um, which is so wrong. And then, of course, like these bad oils that everyone's ingesting from, you know, eating out, buying conventional meats, um, eating these vegetable oils that all of our processed and packaged and man-made foods are made with. It's just so bad, but that's what creates that bile to just kind of sit there, you know? And then it goes back to the gallbladder trying to contract, but it, or contract, um, but it's unable to release that viscous bile. And then if no bile is released, then this leads to no absorption of fats. Fats are so important, you guys. I'm not even going to begin to like tip the iceberg of why they're so important, but they do so many jobs. And just one thing that you can think about is so like all of our cells basically live in a house, right? And their house is made up of essential fatty acids. So those healthy fats, every single cell in your body, your brain runs off fat for fuel. Like those two pieces alone are so so important. And that's why we need fats. That's why we need healthy fats. But I mean, Casey and I, you know, episode to come down the road, we'll get all into it, but yeah, we'll get real fired up. 
about that. <laughs> yeah. I even have a t-shirt for it. <laughs> I'm psyched. I have a I have a t-shirt that says fat is the new black with a big pig on it that I got nice. from Paleo Effects. Yeah. Mine has bacon and an avocado. Yes. I love that. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so yeah, guys, we'll teach you all about fats coming down the road. But um, basically, you know, these undigested fats rancify in the colon and pretty much just stress out the liver and leaves you fatty acid deficient. So it's really not a good thing. No, definitely not. And then when we have undigested proteins, what this is going to do is impact the villi and the microvilli of our small intestine. And this is when the lining becomes leaky. So an analogy that I love is if you imagine a pair of like Lululemon yoga pants, that is how your intestinal lining should look, you know, just like totally solid, beautifully, nice and stretchy compared to when you have something like a leaky gut, it's going to look like fishnet stockings. So as always, just in general in life, you want Lululemon yoga pants, even in your intestines. All day. All day. Yeah. Yay, <laughs> lemon. Yeah. Again, hashtag not sponsored. I know. <laughs> they created like the most awesome pants ever. Yes. Okay. So getting back to leaky gut. So what happens is this allows the proteins and fats to pass through in inappropriate sizes, which is going to overwhelm or overburden the immune system. And these maldigested particles, they call in, they can be full of parasites, pathogens, bacteria, gut bugs we don't want in our system. And these particles are going to block passageways. They're going to cause inflammation and it's going to lead to dysbiosis or IBS, which is no bueno. No. And isn't that nuts? I mean, so many people listening to this that have dysbiosis or they've ever been told that they have like a bacteria overgrowth or you know, potential candida or anything like, think about it. Like that's where it comes from. Your IBS literally stems from not having enough stomach acid, not being able to produce, or excuse me, not being able to break down your proteins. And then these undigested particles literally cause so much inflammation and other, you know, gut dysregulation that that's, this is where your IBS is coming from. Mm -hmm. You know, take a second to think about that. It's, it's pretty incredible, but these symptoms are totally, totally I'm not going to say treatable. I'm not going to say curable because those are words that are out of our scope of practice as nutritional therapy practitioners. But as nutritional therapy practitioners, we can really work with you on addressing these symptoms and just getting you to feel better, getting your IBS manageable and under control and to where you don't have these crazy symptoms of gas and bloating and diarrhea and constipation. Um, it is doable. So, you know, definitely know that. Mm-hmm. You don't have to live with it. Yeah, for sure. So let's see. Now we're going to move along to what can go wrong in the large intestine. And so the large intestine, it deals with the leftovers. So literally, it is dealing with the leftovers. So anything <laughs> that has been maldigested, so we have like still some chunks of food because we didn't chew it properly, it's going to clog up the ileocecal valve 
and cause it to jam open. And so these maldigested food particles then can again become full of parasites and other gut bugs, undigested fat, again, leading to dysbiosis, and it can just really disrupt the healthy glut, gut flora flora. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and this is again when people are going to develop IBS, Crohn's disease, colitis, celiac disease, and other inflammatory symptoms. And so Megan, do you remember this from school or maybe it was just some other random article that I read about the number of nerve cells in our lower large intestine that there's actually more or like outside of our central nervous system, there's the most nerve cells in that area of our gut. Mm -hmm. Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah. And another crazy thing to think about is that there is more bacteria, like the good gut flora organisms in your gut than there's people on earth. Oh, that's crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's pretty nuts. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, there's so much science and um, talk out there that our gut is like our second brain mm -hmm. because you got to remember our gut is where we make a lot of our neurotransmitters. So our dopamine, our serotonin, um, you know, this is where we get our nutrients to make a lot of our hormones, mm -hmm. our cholesterol, all that kind of stuff. So the gut is almost like ruling the brain and the brain is just kind of the symphony organizer of the body, but the gut is kind of giving the brain everything it needs to, to do its job. So it's mm -hmm. pretty crazy. I mean, yeah. our our gut is really important and the one way we destroy it is from eating bad foods, not having enough stomach acid, not being able to properly break down and digest our food. So, yeah. And it's so funny because you know, you think about it like nobody's going to purposely do things to harm their brain. But yet our stomach and our digestive system has such an impact on like our entire body, like all of our health, it begins in our gut, but yet we eat foods that are absolutely damaging it. So just, just a little food for thought there, guys, of how to really think about your digestive system. Yeah. Put Show it, it some love. <laughs> yeah. Show it lots of love, guys. Eat yes. your fermented foods, drink your bone broth, eat your collagen peptides, mm -hmm. do all of those gut-loving things because- your body needs it. Take your probiotics. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then just like real quick to sum it up, because I know Casey and I have said a lot and gone down different pathways and all that kind of stuff. So basically just reel everything in and bring it all together. Um, you know, basically this is what happens is people just eat too quickly. They're not in a relaxed state. They're stressed out. They're pissed off at the person driving in front of them or next to them. Mm -hmm. They're mad at their boss. They're stressed out about their kids. They're potentially probably dehydrated. Like, are you drinking half your body weight in ounces every day? Probably not. It's a really good goal. You should strive to do that. You'll feel a lot better. If you got headaches, you're not sleeping well, you're tired, try drinking half your body weight in, in water and seeing what that does for those symptoms that you currently have. And then, so, you know, beyond that, if you're not in a parasympathetic state, you're not relaxed, you're not thinking about digestion, then your brain does not trigger those processes doesn't trigger the insulin, doesn't trigger everything else that we kind of talked about to get that GI tract going, getting ready for digestion. And also, of course, so next you put food in your mouth, right? You're not chewing your food because you're in a rush. You're not thinking about it. You probably have never chewed your food 30 times every bite in your life, maybe. I count people <laughs> when they're 
like I watch people when they're eating and I count how many times they chew. <laughs> it's usually on average, and this is a wide number, like four to 11 times. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's pretty impressive. I mean, I'm just like, kudos to you for looking at someone because I've never watched someone chew their food and count their bites, but I definitely am the girl that looks in people's shopping carts at the grocery store. Oh, so- yeah. I do that too. <laughs> total, total judgment here. Yeah. I'm just always curious what they're buying. And then I look at it and I'm like, why the hell are you buying that? That is so not good for you. Mm-hmm. Anyways, whole nother story. So yeah. Yeah, people we'll go on a shopping trip sometime. Yeah, if, yeah. So we do grocery store tours. If anyone yeah. is interested, if anyone is in the Boulder area or anyone in the Houston area, yep. Casey and I do do grocery store tours. So we will walk through your grocery store and show you how to grocery shop, and we'll read ingredient Slap labels. Bad food out of your hands. Yep, your favorites. We will either yay or nay them. <laughs> so just get prepared. Or burn them. <laughs> not get harsh here Casey (laughs) um but yeah so all right people aren't chewing their food right and then that totally just makes it harder for our stomach and the rest of our GI system to do its job okay so that's number one you're not making enough stomach acid that comes from that too you're not getting in that relaxed state your body's not making that stomach acid you're not chewing your food um which all sets the stage for incomplete digestion bacteria overgrowth parasites, pathogens, candida, H. pylori, all of those nasty gangsters to just take over the community and thrive in our gut, which is what we do not want to happen. And this ultimately leads to poor pooping. Which makes us cry. We'll do a whole episode on pooping because we're both very passionate about this topic. Yeah, it's important. Again, I have a shirt. (laughs) You just have a shirt for all it things in TV. Huh? <laughs> exactly. I love it. Absolutely love it. Um, so yeah, guys. So really just wrapping it up. This is about digestion. This is, you know, what should be going on and and the things that can go wrong if you're not having the proper breakdown and all that kind of good stuff. So again, you know, if this is you and you've got something on going on, you've got some underlying symptoms that you really want to address, please, 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 you know, reach out to Casey and I set up a 15-minute free consultation, you can go to our website. So you can actually go to my website, megangump.com, and you can click on, you know, schedule a free discovery session. You can schedule yourself on my calendar and basically just take 15 minutes to talk to me about your symptoms and what it would be like to work with me. I'm more than happy to bring you on as a client and see what's going on with you, get to the root cause of your digestion issues here. Um, Casey, where can people find you at? They can find me. I am also available for 15 minute consultations. So you can find me at caseypoe.com and then also on Instagram at real talk Casey. Yes. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. And you can just always, of course, find me on Instagram at megan.gump. So super easy. All right. Well, Casey, do you have anything else to add? No. Thank you guys for tuning in. We so appreciate you. And remember just to chew your food. That's our our parting advice for the day. Yep. Chew your food and eat relaxed. Yes. All right, guys. Well, All right, guys. Thank you. Till next time.